You would look good in one of Big T's tees. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends Rugby League Season. The podcast is excited about Rugby League as Penrith is about Cleary's. It will be unbelievable and I think it, it probably will be a dream that we're chasing and um, I just hope we go good. You found me, Big T. Views are my own and I'm recording these views in the blocker locker, the excellent space that is Sports Best Friends uh, Studios and I'm recording these in a beautiful sunlit afternoon, recovering from the majesty that was this weekend's football. And of course, the jewel of the weekend was Penrith Eels, uh, the battle of the second best West. And of course, uh, it came down to the wire. Incredible game. But you could have me and Crabs talk about it, and I'm sure Grabs will probably end up putting it as a wowment. But who better to talk about it than two of the greatest Penrith fans on Twitter? Of course, there are a number of them. Penrith have a fantastic fan base on Twitter. Uh, Fat Harry Lazy often gets shouted at, and he's he's one of the best. Uh, stepdad, um, Josh Robbo, forty four, I think is his number. There's heaps of them, but two that chat that get shouted at often at the end of this pod during this pod um, are, are the voices you're going to hear now. Absolute incredible humans. I have an unusual Sithy freaking accent today. I'm not sure why that's happening. Uh, but maybe it's just excitement. It's the pure energy coursing through me, uh, getting ready for this. Now, I want to get out of the way as quick as I can, uh, so I will. Anybody watched a series of rugby league games, they'd never go back to watching Union or AFL or soccer. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Jack. I go by at Jack Omato on Twitter, and I'm joined by Nat, also known as at, Nan, uh, at Nat underscore Sinclair 93. Did I get that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Yep. Okay, sweet. Uh, thank you, Biggest T, for having us on to talk about tonight's game. We are both Penrith Panthers supporters. Uh, firstly, Nat, how are you feeling after that? Uh, it's it's still sinking in what we just watched, you know. It was such yeah. an insane game. And I think I said before the game, I just I don't want it to be close because, you know, finals game, something's close and you don't know what's happening until the end. They're just torture. But in a way also, like in hindsight, looking back on it, it was so nice to have a finals game that was like that with that intensity. Um, So I feel relieved, honestly relieved that we didn't go out in straight sets. (laughs) That is my biggest um, gratefulness for for right now. Um, How how are you feeling? Uh, Yeah, very, very relieved. Um, Like throughout that whole game, I was just like, I had the whole mix of, it's Parramatta. We can't lose to them. I hate losing to them more than any other team. The fact that it would have been straight sets when like everyone would have called us chokers and stuff like that with what's been said during the week by certain people. And the fact that it was such a tense game where up until the final play, we didn't know what was going to happen. Like for the final 30 seconds, I could sort of celebrate, but I still wasn't confident doing it because like, you know, as Penrith fans, we've, watched games where we've won it the other way around like I just every time there's a close game and it's within one score up to the final play I just remember Bathurst against Canberra and I go I go I "I can't I can't celebrate yet and it was that was the biggest whirlwind of emotions my biggest feeling was just relief yeah 
hundred percent. And I just remember thinking um, at the end when we got those 30 seconds to go and we're slowing the play the ball down, I had this flashback to Sam Walker running the ball backwards and I really oh, realised yeah. why he did that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like, I really understand why this guy did that because <laughs> I would fully understand if someone did it right now. So, oh, 100%. Um, yeah so it was just crazy to see it end that way um and you know I think for us the fact that we lost last week and landed ourselves on this side of the draw kind of I think relief is a bigger feeling than excitement um because obviously we're faced next week now with this huge task it's basically our grand final and a part of me also feels like we played a grand final tonight so yeah I think that it's more so relief that you know we didn't embarrass ourselves by losing straight sets when we came second and had 44 points to finish the season yeah. rather than maybe last year it was more like excitement because it was a much easier road to that grand final we hadn't made one in such a long time so it was more just about getting to that grand final um whereas yeah it's more just relief rather than excitement I can't say I'm too excited about next week's game <laughs> and I'm happy to take whatever happens next week whereas this week was more like we have to win this to kind of you know save our reputation a little bit um and save ourselves on twitter <laughs> oh 100 i was just imagining like especially the way that our group of fans has been uh, looked yeah. at lately because i get yeah. that we are we have been a bit cocky lately i think rightfully yeah. so but i just yeah. knew that the amount of mentions that were going to come in from sets of fans who have nothing to do with the game like i'd accept it if it was para fans but like fans of teams that have been knocked out. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't talk well, to that's me. What's been so crazy about tonight? Like anything negative has not come from para fans. Like para yeah. fans have been champions. It's all come from neutrals. I don't know if they're just upset that they're not in it yeah. or, you know, we probably beat their team because we beat everybody yeah. <laughs> yeah. throughout the years. So I don't know what it is, but yeah, the neutrals would have absolutely hammered us and they probably will still next week, but I'm oh, happy yeah. just to procrastinate that out one more week. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to just like rejoice in the fact that I saw a lot of people who maybe support the Roosters or Souths going for Parramatta and seeing them being yeah. upset. Like I genuinely feel for the Parramatta fans. And like you said, yeah, with the calls, too. like I was sitting next to a Parramatta fan watching that and like she wasn't even complaining about the calls, but I was seeing people it's on like, Twitter that were and I was like, well, that probably says more than what you a, need to know. It's such a theme for us this year I think um you know yeah. pretty much every time we play a game and I'm I'm not because I don't really sit on Twitter when we when we yeah. watch a game I'll pop on at half time but I'm not sitting there you know unless we're winning by 50 I'm not on Twitter at all reading the yeah. comments so I'll be like wow that was a great game that was a tight contest um similar to the South game a few weeks ago and then I go on Twitter and everyone's whinging about the referees and I'm thinking like come on guys like can't we appreciate a good game for what it is and I think what it boils down to tonight is you know you might look at certain calls that you know admittedly you know for example the one where one of their players was taken out in the lead up to their well they didn't (laughs) ground the ball so it wasn't a try like and yes perhaps that could have been a penalty you know or even a sin bin but at the end of the day they had a chance to win the game on their line with one minute to go and they dropped the ball And they had every single chance to win that game, just like we did. And they, they didn't do it. So to pinpoint the loss on the penalty goal or on that not being given a penalty is ridiculous because they had their chances and who was to say they would have 
you know, exploited that chance if they were given it. Who was to say they were going to score if we had ten, a player off for 10 minutes? Yeah. You know, the game showed us that it was such a tight and, and the players were just so, um, they, they wanted it so badly from each team oh, yeah, that 100%. it was just always going to be tight. So I just think the ref, the ref's bolting narrative for this game is truly ridiculous. I'm only yeah. seeing it from neutrals. I'm not seeing it from para fans. No. Um, so, yeah, it's just another one of these things. Yeah, I think it's a type of game where everyone who had some sort of emotional investment in it is so worn out from how mm. intense that game was that there's no room for that. And I think Absolutely. That a lot of those fans, if that was their team, wouldn't be going on like that. Yep. Absolutely. It's like they just kind of, I guess, and everyone does it. You're searching for a story out of the game. Um, and we see it pretty much every game that comes out. I mean, look at what happened a few weeks ago when South absolutely hammered Roosters. Yeah. No one even spoke about the fact that the Roosters lost by, I think, 50. Yeah. The story all came down to the fact that Latrell wasn't sent off that one moment. It all came yeah. down there because I think people in human, it's human nature just want to find a story yeah. out of the game. But I think for this game, we just need to be like, oh, my God, this is one of the best games we've seen in the last decade. And we need to yeah. respect that game for what it was um, instead yeah. of running off with these narratives, which mean nothing in the end because they each had their chances. Yeah, like it, that game reminded me a lot of, do you remember the 4-0 a few years ago between the Roosters and the Seagulls? Where yes, it was such an intense game. And it's one of those ones that you'll just, you might not remember everything that happened, but you'll remember that it was yeah. a great game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're my favourite types of games. I don't love the triathlon. No. You know, I think that because it's it, it's, not, it's so much easier to score tries than it is to stop them coming in. So I yeah. think that when you've got these big forward packs, like both Parramatta and, and Penrith have these huge forward packs and the fact they hung in there for 80 minutes to defend yeah. like they did. And I think it's not even, I mean, I'm, I'll probably think about this more over the next few days, but Sometimes with these low-scoring games, it just comes down to each side not being able to seal a deal in attack. But I genuinely yeah. think there were so many um, opportunities from both Penrith and Parramatta that would have scored against oh. 95% of the other teams. Um, I think to tonight's game, seeing the fact that we both have huge forward packs um, and they just were so dedicated in defence until the very end was insane to me. Like they would be stuffed after this game, which is a concern for next week, of course. But yeah. I just am honestly, it sounds like a lot of the power fans on Twitter are saying, don't say what she should be proud of us, blah, blah, blah. But I'm proud of both teams and I'm proud of those forward yeah. backs for staying in there for 80 minutes. And there wasn't that many stoppages either, given the fact there were two tries. Um, and, you know, there wasn't a colossal amount of penalties. So there wasn't, you know, it was just go, go, go the whole time. And I just, it was incredible um, fitness display as well. Yeah. It was one of those ones where as the second half was going on and it didn't seem to soften up at all and they mm. kept bashing each other. I was just thinking, firstly, I hope Penrith win, but mm. either way, whoever wins, they've got a very tough task next week against Melbourne because they've just beaten each other up for 80 minutes and then they've got a yeah. team that's just primed to attack that sort of weakness. And they're so fresh off their rest as well. And I exactly. think what we usually, I mean, the first half, a lot of the time we see in these sorts of games, the first half will be to that intensity. And in the second half, a team will score quickly and it will open up. Yeah. And I kind of expected that to happen. And I honestly thought we were quite on top in the 
at halftime. I yeah. thought that while the, while the score, the, the scoreline didn't show it, I think we're only up by two, obviously. Um, I, I really did think we were controlling it and I thought we were going to be okay. And then nothing happened and it just kept going in that same way that the first 15 minutes was like that grind. And yeah, it was honestly crazy. Um, so it's Melbourne Storm are going to be absolutely loving what, watching that um, because it mentally will drain them and it physically will drain them as well. Um, but we've just got to deal with what's in front of us and, and hope for the best next week. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I think the fact that it was a, a local derby game as well, that it'll mean a lot to the fact that there are a lot of local players in the team. Um, yeah. Probably have grown up either supporting para or not liking para at all. And yeah. So it will mean a lot. So it'll be draining, yeah, like you said, both physically and mentally. And it'll be a really tough task to take it to Melbourne. Um, I think we can because I think we have that emotional level when it comes to how we feel about our games against Melbourne now. Yeah. I think the players seem to be really – like we saw it in the game earlier in the season when we versed them. Round three, yeah. Yeah, how much – so like – that last play where we stopped them winning the game, that's the sort of play that you don't see all the time from kick-out. Yeah. The fact that it was that game, I think, is what lifted him to make that play and make that extra effort. And I hope Absolutely. that we bring that sort of intensity to next week because we can. I still yeah. think we can beat them, given that when we did beat them, we didn't have Coruscant or Cleary or Dylan Edwards for the second half, and Dylan Edwards was fantastic in that first half. So I don't yeah. think it's out of our reach at all. And I think something as well that mentally is they're going to have to, it's going to have to play on their minds is that, and I don't want to say this, um, I don't want to go off too early, but if whoever wins out of Melbourne and Penrith next week, I do dare say has a winnable game the week after in that grand final. I'm glad and, you said it because I was about to. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to discredit um, Souths or Manly. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not trying to do that, um, but I do think mentally Penrith having beaten them both twice this year, obviously we lost to Souths last week, yeah. um, which I didn't see coming at all. So both Manly or Souths could surprise me in a grand final as well. Um, but also the fact that there potentially may have been some harm last year with the grand final in that we, I mean, South the South prelim was a tough game, but it wasn't at all like what we saw tonight. Yeah. And I think, and I dare say it wasn't what like we saw last week. Yeah. Um, it seemed to be a much more easy and controlled game than it than it was this final series. And I think sometimes potentially when you coast into a grand final, you've got an inflated idea of how good you are. Yeah. Um, and it also may not expose the things you need to work on in the lead up to that grand final to beat the best team. Whereas, you know, um Manly obviously had a tough um, game last week which they lost but then absolutely whacking the roosters which I guess was always going to happen yeah Souths have had the week off um going up against yeah Manly or Souths each of them you know they they may coast into that grand final a little bit more than what we've had to do on our side of the draw um so there might be an element of um a benefit to that but that is in my head a little bit because one one part of me is like, you know, it's great to get this far. If we lose to Melbourne, so be it. But then the other part of me is thinking this is our chance. This is a really good chance to win a premiership. Um, and that might make it hurt a bit more if we do go down next week. Yeah, that's one where I do feel like 
like I said, I was going to say, I think whoever wins next week is, well, they always will be, but I think they will surely be the favourite to win the grand final. Um, and it's one of those ones where whoever does lose the prelim between us and Melbourne can probably feel like they've left a comp just sitting there for them to win. Because whilst Manly and Souths, whichever one it is, will put up you know a tough game, realistically, they are the two weaker teams out of the four left. I think Souths have the ability to match it mm. with mm. Um, Penrith and Melbourne, but I think sometimes they can lose their heads a little bit. Yeah. Um, we saw it a few weeks ago in the regular season game between Penrith and Souths, and we saw it in the Roosters game. Uh, we've seen it a number of times this season where that's something that they really need to concentrate on. And Manly, I think I think Manly need a lot to go their way. I think they're very good at pouncing on it, which mm. is something that Penrith could probably work on. Um, but overall, I think they sort of they they're not very good at creating their own luck. They need it to fall in front of them and then they jump on it. Yeah. And you're not going to get any luck in a game against Melbourne. No. Um, and, yeah, yeah, look, you'd expect both teams to lift massively for a grand final, but I don't think there's anyone out there who's going to say, well, they're likely to win. So yeah. you are lending yourself in that favourite position to win. Um, and that's something that I'm, I hope they realise the opportunity that we may have in front of us here. Yeah. Um, but then a part of me is like, fuck, if we beat melbourne and then go through and <laughs> lose to manly or south that's a colossal choking so <laughs> well, yeah. um <laughs> uh, i think who it's crazy to me how this season has just turned on its head um a few weeks ago you know halfway through the season it just didn't look like it was this is what we're going to be dealt with at the end yeah. so as a neutral i'd be cheering i'd be like this is great both games next week will be incredible i really do think that it, both of them could go either way um, I think South will probably win. Um, and then who knows with our game, but it's just crazy what we've got in front of us now. Yeah. It feels weird. Just even as a Penrith fan being in this situation, like, I know we've been it good for two really seasons does. now, but it's, this isn't normal for us when we're used to at most going home after this week. Yeah. And it's, and I think, well, I was trying to, my partner isn't, an avid NRL fan. So he's only kind of gotten into it for the past two years. And I was, ex my, my sister and I were explaining to him that it's not the worst thing ever if you're in like the bottom four, because you're not really expected to do anything. So yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, oh, if we come seventh or eighth and we win that week one finals game, that is amazing. We get to stay yeah. in the competition for another week and be in the top six at the end. Like I remember thinking it doesn't get better than this. And yeah. now it's this expectation that anything less than a premiership is a failure. And it's just felt like it's happened so quickly for us. We came 10th in 2019. And then for the past two years, we've been in the best two teams. And it's just happened so quickly. And sometimes you catch yourself thinking, how is this our expectation now? You know, um, but it's the position that we're in and we need to start capitalising on our, on our chances because honestly, you don't want it to be another season wasted. You know, last year was it was disappointing to win so many games in that regular season and then lose the grand final. And this year we've had an incredible regular season again. And to not have it come to anything again will be really disappointing. Yeah, it's one of those ones where 
it does have that different feeling. You're right, finishing in the top four compared to the uh, fifth to eighth. Because with those, when it would be the first week of the finals, I'd be there on game day and just excited that we were there. Now yeah. I feel this immense pressure and so much nerves that we have to get it done because I just know everything that I'm going to see and read when it doesn't happen. And I'm going to know yeah. that I'm going to spend every day thinking, what if, like I have since yeah. the last grand final. Uh, and I think that that's when we, we need to really think about what team we're going to trot out next week, because I spent nights awake thinking about what would have happened if we had played Brent Naden yeah. in that grand final. Yeah. And I honestly, I'm, I have to admit, I am a huge Brent Naden fan and I think um, it may not be understood by everybody, but I just thought he was so good last year. Yeah. And then in the final week one finals, he had dodgy game and that was it for him in terms of what Ivan, you know, and then this year he's barely seen any game time, but the games he's played, he's been fantastic. He was awesome tonight. He was so good tonight. And I would really like to see him there. And then I'm worried now that Mitchell Kenny might be out, which is obviously very distressing for us. Um, and then it leaves that 14 spot there and you just know where it's going to go. And I don't want Ivan to repeat the mistake, mistakes from last year because it's that sort of thing that will keep us wondering what if. Yeah, that's my biggest question with Ivan as a coach is his team selections. I think he's very good at coaching a team into being a defensively good team and that will always get you to a certain spot as long as you have good attacking players like we do i just worry that sometimes he overthinks his selections like the way i know kick out hasn't been great but the way that we've been starting martin on the edge then moving him into the center when we bring kick out on for leota and then you think back to the finals last year dropping mm. brent naden for tyrone may and then you think, what's he going to do this week if Mitch Kenny's out? Because I I think I heard him in the press conference say it what didn't look very good. Yeah, Achilles. Then, I've heard something yeah. about an Achilles. Yeah. God. Well, as yeah. Mitch Kenny fan club members, we are very upset yeah. about that. We are publicly um, very upset about this and we wish the best for Mitchell and his family. Yes, we send the best to Mitchell and his family. <laughs> Put your beers out for Mitch. Um, Cruz is out for Mitch, rather. Yeah, yeah Cruz is out for Mitch. That's a better one. Yeah, because um, we we realistically know where that fourteen jersey is going to go. It's going to go to And we, I feel like none of us are saying it because we just didn't want to say it. But yeah. <laughs> it's um, uh, yeah. And I think last week was odd. I think in a final playing Staines, who he was out of form, and we dropped him for a reason. I'm confused as to why. Taylor May played one random game this year and was fantastic and hasn't yeah. seen a game since. Um, you know, I'm just confused in a number of ways in respect to that. And the back line is really where it's going to sit because Edwards was great tonight. I mean, he obviously had that mistake with the bounce mm. of the ball and perhaps he was jittery, but in that second half, he really came through for us. He'll stay there. Crichton's in insane form, but do we want to see him back to the centres and bring... Naden onto the wing and maybe give Momorowski a rest, which kills me because I love Momorowski. But it's got to be a point where it's not just the team of players who are doing the job and are reliable and who are good. It's who is our best backline right now. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, something that I was pleased with tonight, which was terrible last week, was the use of Tavita Pangai Jr. last week was 100%. not 
good and it was not good enough. And I was confused because he was played phenomenally, the games that he's played for us so far. And then tonight he was insane and was used properly. And again, I really hope that comes through next year, next week, because I honestly think Davida is a game changer for us. He's just been, I was excited to, to have him come to our team, but he's playing out of his skin. And I really hope he's used properly next week. And again, with that Martin Cacao rotation, it's just confusing as to what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, especially with Tavita, because I was excited for him to come to us. I'll be honest, I wasn't a big fan of him when he was at the Broncos because mm. I thought he was just someone who'll do, play a great game one week, but then be suspended for four weeks. But he yes. seems to be a lot better now that he's in a system where he has a specific role and he just has to do that well. And anything that he does on top of that is a bonus instead of everyone sort of looking yeah. at him and Haas and Fafita to do the lot. And yeah, so I think that that is a big positive for us. And he was used much better this week than he was last week. Everything about last mm. week was a bit off and a bit strange. I it was. I'm a big fan of Charlie Staines. Um, you know, uh, as I'm sure everyone by now knows, I live in the same building. He lives in your apartment. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> but I, I agree with him not being in the team at the moment. I don't think he deserves to be yeah. in the team. I think Naden is playing better footy. Um, mm. I wasn't convinced. Oh, I, w- I wasn't convinced on us having Naden in there last week. But then after the performance from mm. Staines, I'm. I just. Mm. I think we need to keep this back line with Toto and Crichton on the wings and Burton and Momorowski in the centres. And then if there's an injury, you just bring Naden in because I think yeah. we need stability at this time of year and all of those players yeah. are good enough because yeah. I think there was a bit of, oh, what's going to happen here with everything last year? Yeah, and that's that was the strangest part about it is that we had something work for so well throughout the season yeah. and then we decided to change it up in the finals for somebody who was not a centre. Yeah, pretty much. Someone who wasn't was- fast enough to defend at centre. No, it was just crazy. And I think the thing I don't, I'm not a Staines hater by any means, but I think he needs to, he's a little small at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we need a bit of a bigger body there because he's just getting a little bit manheadled in defense. And I also think yeah. he he's not confident given the fact that he has had, he's been dropped this year and that would knock your confidence. Yeah. And I think that came through last week. He was a bit hesitant to like what to do with the ball. Whereas if you have, Brian, he's never going to be like that. Brent, he just is so enthusiastic. He might get an error out of him, but he's always around the ball. He's never going to shy away from it. And I think that yeah. that Staines needs to learn to get that confidence up, get a, be a bigger body. And he still has a good future in the game. I just think right now is not it for him. Yeah, it's. I do agree. It's way too early to give up on Staines because I think too many Definitely. clubs are stupid and give up on players very early. And you look at the Roosters where they have two players who at the back end of the year have been great for them who were given up on by other clubs in Adam Kieran and Drew Hutchison. And those are examples mm. right there that if you just give them time and give them an opportunity, that they they can come good. Maybe they won't, but don't throw them out after a few games. I think he really needs a bit of time in New South Wales Cup. Unfortunately for him, yeah. that's a possibility at the moment. Yeah, but I think... He's also, he's a fullback. He's not a winger. He's not big enough to play wing in 2021. No, he's not a big enough body at all. No. Um, that's where and, uh, I don't think he'll start the year next year. I think he'll be someone who'll fine. come in for Edwards if needed. Yeah. 
yeah, absolutely. And maybe long-term, I mean, Edwards isn't, I don't think he's that young. Um, and, you know, we, I think he's got one year left on his contract or something like that. So it's not hundred yeah. percent what's going to happen with him, but yeah, you're right in terms of, you don't want to let these players go and become superstars. Even if I look at, from our point of view now, we've got Kurt Capewell, Sorensen, um, Momorowski, who were all unwanted by their clubs and yeah. they yeah. are first graders for our team, who is the second best team in the competition. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think it's all about being in the right environment um, where you don't want someone like Staines going to bloody Melbourne and becoming, you know, Billy Sater 2.0. Not that he's going yeah. to, but it, it can happen. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying, please, no one take that and say I'm saying <laughs> But, you know, just to use that rhetoric. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely worth persisting with, but we do not need to run the Staines experiment next week at all no. whatsoever so don't even think about it please Ivan hopefully please Ryan's not. back and we don't have to worry about that yeah well from what I've gathered it was just that Brian's ankle was a bit sore coming into the game it was last week as well and yeah. they thought it's better to just not risk him because I think they were confident of going through this week yeah and so which is odd looking back on it <laughs> yeah. yeah um well, like I said to you before the game where I said, I think we're going to put 50 on him. <laughs> <laughs> so Ivan was clearly drinking from my cup with that. He was drinking the Kool-Aid. I think yeah. the thing with Parramatta is, and I have to give credit to them as well, which we may not have seen from South or Manly yet this year, is that they do have this ability. They can absolutely, they can be hopeless against a really, like they lost against Dragons. They've lost against, they've lost teams against teams they should have beaten but they've yeah. always brought their game for Panthers and Melbourne. Like yeah. they've got this ability to just pull something out when um, it comes up to those two, two teams. Like they beat Melbourne twice. They lost to us by two twice. Yeah. And I think the challenge from Parramatta moving forward is that they need to find a way to get that mindset and that intensity and apply it to every single game. Because if they do that, they're going to be in that top echelon. Yeah. So, yeah. You can see That's why Parramatta are so frustrating. Yeah, and this is why um, I was a bit hesitant. This game had alarm bells written written all over it for me because we weren't playing the para that we might have seen play last week against Newcastle. We were yeah. playing this magical para that just comes out against Melbourne and Penrith. So history told me, and we can't count the last regular season game for anything, yeah. given the fact that. You know, we can't use that as as a measurement for what we were going to see tonight. So I think that's what stressed me out, and it came true. Um, but I do think we are very good at a grind, and we don't lose many of the grinds. So if we manage to get into a grind next week, I would probably back us. Yeah, me too. I agree with you 100% there. I think we've shown that we can do it. Obviously, Melbourne have shown that they can do it too, but... I'm always going to back us in that situation. We did it in round three. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think that if we can get into a grind, we can make a game out of it. If it gets away from us, Melbourne are not going to be, I mean, they let us come back last year in the grand final, but I think that was a lot of the scoreboard pressure. Yeah. Um, I don't think they would have let some of those tries they let in, they weren't, they weren't going to let those in if it was yeah. two points in it. So I think the scoreline ended up flattering us big time last year. So if it's a prelim, 
there is no way Melbourne are going to let us come back from a deficit. So I think even, even 12 nil is too much for me against Melbourne. We need to keep them within that six. Um, and if we can do that, we have a shot next week. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I kind of wish we lost that grand final by 10 instead of six, to be honest, so it wouldn't weigh on my mind. But yeah, 100% right, where they probably did. It was a bit of the time and the scoreboard coming into it that made that game look so close when you just look at the scores. They did just run away with it, in all honesty. Um, I found it so amusing at the end. I was like, oh, my God, the record books, the history books are going to show this. I think it was 22-26 or 20-26. I can't remember. I blocked it out. 26, yeah. Yeah, they're going to show this close game. <laughs> In reality, <laughs> it yeah. was like pouring rain. <laughs> Horrific. <laughs> Worst night ever. So yeah. I was like, oh, well, at least I can tell my kids it was close <laughs> one day. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but thankfully it wasn't good enough that it'll ever be shown on TV again. Oh, absolutely. Well, the game. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so we can just... I'm going to tell my kids that was like Broncos and Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the narrative they're going to get. <laughs> um, how much time do we have? Is there a way of checking this? Um, I can tell you we've been on for, oh, I literally just saw it. I think it was about 40 minutes. Okay. Um, oh, hang right. on, here it is. We've been on for 35 minutes. 35? Okay, so yeah. um, we'll just jump on to have a look at looking forward. Uh, where do you see us next year? Firstly, who do you, with Burton is leaving and Tavita Pango Jr. is leaving, yep, who do you think takes those two spots? Round one. It's just, it's just stressing. Targo? Yep. He can play in the centre, can't he? I think he plays yep. like a utility role, but yeah. He, he I mainly played centre. Because I love him. Yeah. I love him. I love his energy. I think his energy with Brian, with Jerome, with Stephen Crime is going to be explosive and amazing. So I think we need to keep him in there. Um, in terms of the forwards, um, I'd love to see Spencer Lenu getting more time. I don't know why Ivan hates him so much. <laughs> um, I like him. I think he's I think he's good. So um, I wouldn't mind seeing him get it a bit more of a go. But I also think maybe we're probably in a position where we should be on a market for some, another forward to come yep. through to replace what Tavita. Because Tavita is, I mean, he's been with us for a month, but he's actually going to leave a hole because yeah, he's becoming you know, you notice when he's not used properly and he's just becoming that X factor. And I don't know where we're going to pull that out from. Um, what do you think? Uh, well, I think I think it depends on whether we play Crichton at centre or wing next year. Ideally, I'd like him at centre and then maybe like probably not start with Staines. I'd rather start with a Taylor May on the wing. Mm. Um, but yes, also- yes. Targo or Tago, I can't, I can never remember how it's pronounced, is just another great option who can play either center or second row. And I'd love to see him get a proper go because he's been great every time he has. And then I do think Spencer is a great option to replace Tavita because I think they're both very similar, just aggressive forwards who love to get in and amongst it. Um, I think his development has been held back a little bit this year. I'm not sure if Ivan is the biggest fan of him. But yeah. at the same time, it would be lovely to see us do another smart little signing like we've done over the past two years with Kate Well and Sorensen. Yeah. So if the Sharks are willing to throw away another good little forward like that, then, you know, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't think of anybody at the moment. But then again, I honestly, and I mean this with 
all the respect in the world. I had not heard of Capewell or Sorensen before they came to Penrith, or I'd heard of them very briefly as like a journeyman style player. Um, so there might be another person like that floating around that we're going to, you know, make into a wonderful player um, in our environment. So I think maybe we should be looking at doing that. Um, I wish Tabita could somehow flip because I just love him in our team. Well, him and Bird will come back in two years anyway. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Brent can come with them as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the whole we'll give the Bulldogs a little window. Yeah, you know. A two-year window to come it. from the wooden spoon to the premiers. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, we've basically done it now, 10th to 1st. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, yeah. you can do it. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so it's very upsetting seeing seeing them all go, honestly. I, I it, got, it actually occurred to me today um, when we're about 10 minutes out. I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to be Burton's last game? Oh, is this it? Yeah, I'm not ready. That's, that's what's good. Um, it's I'm proud of him for not back. I would have loved it if he did, obviously. But I yeah. think as a person, I'm really proud that he didn't. Yeah. Um, I think especially in his position where he was, I mean, I don't want to say a marquee signing because when he signed with the Bulldogs, he wasn't what he is now. Yeah. But he was, they're signing a half. And any half you sign is some sort of marquee signing because you control yeah. the rest of the team around that person. So for him to then backflip when they've missed out on, you know, Reynolds halves that have been on the market, that would have been such a bad guy thing to do. So I'm very happy he didn't. Um, and I'm excited to see how he goes. And I'm excited to see how the Bulldogs go in general next year with half of our squad. Um, but I am very excited to w- welcome him back. Um, I wish we knew that he was the greatest centre of all time when all of this was oh, happening. No. <laughs> that's exactly it i just wish we knew <laughs> oh god damn it ivan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well i think we're just about out of time mm-hmm. um thank you very much for coming on and chatting some some footy with me um my pleasure yeah yeah it was awesome um, hopefully BBC will have us on again sometime oh i'd love that maybe after the grand final yeah yeah after we win Aren't they just like such a great pair of experts? I just think their knowledge is second to none. And, and I mean that literally because Jack Amato has won two uh, rugby league trivias that I've been on through the Messenger um, RL. Uh, Nat, obviously, mega big brain as a lawyer um, and, and spent a great time as a stepmom on um, This Week in League. So... Excellent Twitter accounts, but also in real life, just super smart people talking super smart stuff about um, a super elite team of 2020 and 2021. Uh, I just love their, yeah. And you couldn't have that much knowledge and love and affection without, and not being paid for it, um, without a huge amount of passion uh, and love for your team. I'm feeling all right because I'm not going to get bruised. What do you mean, how am I feeling? How good is just hearing how great rugby league Twitter is? Just again and again and again and again. This has been the best final series. It's less tea and more yee. Uh, more of the fantastic people that are Rugby League Twitter. Of course, we know it's not about places. You just need to follow the right people. And the right people are on the phone. They're on the Zoom, the Corey Thompson Zoom hotline. They're Zooming each other. No one wants to talk to tea. Anyone, I'll just end up waxing lyrical about the West Tigers. We want to hear from those teams, those fans that are in the, uh, in the battles at the moment, the finals battles. Obviously, next year, I'll be doing it probably with V8 or Patty Sills or, or someone like that. Hey, Sam. My underscore Aaron. One of those guys will be on the phone Zooming with me during this period because, of course, Tigers will be in the finals. But until then, let's just keep hearing these legends 
uh, keep going. So this is um, the Sunday one, obviously the Panthers game, and Crabs and I will do have a quick look at the Manly game uh, as well to round off these finals that are coming out tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, it's such a great experience thinking about all the wonderful people out there who also rugby league, love rugby league. The centurions of you out there during lockdown or now that you've some of you are being let out, I sincerely hope you're enjoying your football, enjoying this podcast. Uh, enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like Jack Omato and Nat underscore Sinclair. And we'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. We wouldn't have got that win without your support. We heard you cheering the whole 60 minutes and we bloody love yous. And give um, Vic a big hug as well for I'll me. Give Vic a big hug, yeah. I'll buy her some ice cream. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank See you, mate. Thanks. Bye. Um, and it was the defense that blocked Where did my audio go just then? Oh, hang on. I'm still connected. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> Can you hear me? With my audio? <laughs> Okay, sorry, can you hear me? Shit. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, you can hear me? Okay, sweet. All right. Um, I cannot hear you for some reason. I'll just reconnect these. Sorry, can you try talking for a sec? Sorry. Okay, I cannot hear anything. Shit. Um, and then I'll try. Leave and come back. And then I'll try. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I can hear you now. You can okay. hear me? Yeah, uh, the, the speakers, uh, I think the Bluetooth speakers just started stuffing up, so I've changed to just the default one on the computer. <laughs> okay, so you can hear me all good? Yeah, I can hear you all good. Beautiful. Where were we up to before it started to? Um, we're talking about the middles, the middle forwards and how mm. beating each other up. Yeah. So should I just keep talking about that for a bit? Yeah. Okay. Um, if I repeat myself, we can, I guess, fix it. <laughs> yep. That's on you, Big T. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So 